Hey friends, welcome to the Life with Chris and Tatum podcast, where each week we'll talk about practical and relevant topics to help you live a life of freedom and purpose. Thanks for joining us today. For more information, please visit lifefellowship.tv. And now let's tune in with Chris and Tatum. Hey, everybody. Hey, hey. Thanks for listening to Life with Chris and Tatum. If you are new with us, we release a new podcast every single Wednesday. Woohoo! And we want to um, just say thanks so much for those of you that are sharing this on social media. <laughs> you can find us on Instagram at, at MyLifeFellowship and uh, connect with us there as well. Thanks again for uh, being a part of this conversation. We have some fun things planned for today. so We sure do. And hey, thank you to every one of you that are sharing these podcasts out on social media. I know Tatum just said that, but this is an opportunity for you to just really hear what we're trying to say and get the word out. Now, today we are so excited because joining with us is Pastor Matt Ferguson. I am so glad that God brought you to our team. Me too, my friend. It's a great place to be. Unbelievable. Now, we're going to talk about really thinking about parenting our kids today Mm -hmm. with the end in mind. Yep. And I think a lot of people just start off without a plan or a goal, and it's important to see the end. Yeah, I think that's important to remember there is an end. Like these days will, okay, that's especially for those of you with little guys. <laughs> like yeah, you start out because you like can't catch up on sleep it, or life or yes. anything. So yeah. And so I have never been shot out of a cannon, but I have had a couple kids and I have a feeling it's, it's very identical. Similar. Like you're just flying through the air, trying to make it, hoping somebody catches you at the end. Like yes. it is, it's a long haul for sure. Um, but one of the things for me that, you know, over the years of working with parents of, you know, years and years of kids and student ministry at different places, and especially here, one one thing I think is universal is parents really do want to raise great kids. They yeah. want to launch successful adults. Yes. I've never met a parent that said, nah, what happens, happens. You know, they're yeah. on their own. Um, but I will say this. No, especially yeah. those that are listening to this podcast. <laughs> especially our podcast. Everybody listeners. that's listening here is high capacity. They want to capacity people. They want to raise world changers. They for continent sure do. movers. They for sure do. We <laughs> all do. Um if you don't have a plan or if you don't have a goal in mind, like an end game, parenting will whiz by you. Yeah. And you'll kind of wind up with this mixed bag of Kind of some hits and and misses, some wins, some losses. So I'd love today just to talk a little bit about how how we do that. And can I just just say that I I read this article uh, about that I think is so important here to every parent that's listening to this right now. This article I came... Actually, I was reading it this morning. Uh, It says that the first man to scale Mount Everest, he was the first guy to ever do that without oxygen. Uh, but yet he was recovering in the hospital after falling off of a wall at his home because he locked himself out of his house. What? Yeah. So here's a guy that conquers the mountains of the world, but where does he fall? At his at own home. house. <laughs> at home. And there's a lot of parents mm-hmm. that they can conquer the mountains on their job or with finances, uh, but where we fail a lot of times is at home Yeah, and with... Sometimes our parenting and our in our homes and our yeah. yeah 
And our I don't families. think anyone wants, of course, you don't have the no, intentions sure. to do that. But like you were saying, Matt, if we don't have an end game or a goal mm-hmm. in mind, mm-hmm. then uh, so we're going to get our homes squared away so that we're going to help sure. you to win on in the marketplace and with God and with your kids. So, so here's the thing, just since we're sitting here and this is kind of off the cuff here, I'd love to hear like when you guys first became parents, like your expectations of being a parent versus the reality of those like first let's say five years or so, like how, how close were you? Like how far off, how close? How far off of expectations <laughs> versus reality? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well. I didn't have any expectations, honestly, because I wasn't even thinking about kids. It just sort of happened. It just yeah. Sort, yeah. That's what you're saying. Now you, I mean, it's just like, I never thought about a wedding and I never thought about, yeah. oh, what's it going to be like? When <laughs> I, I think girls it? more grow up thinking sure. about one day I want to be a mom and have sure. kids. A little more of that tendency or mindset At than least guys. My, my mom. It, yeah. 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 So for Chris, but you had, you had expectations. I had dreams of like, I'm going to have five or six kids. We talked about that, remember? We're yeah. like, and I said, honey, we are not having like five <laughs> or six kids. Oh, Lord. No, but you wanted four. I did want four. Yeah. And so after two, here we I go said, with I'm expectation done. versus reality. I was the fourth of four growing oh, up. Oh, I got you now. Okay. And I always love, I like having a big family. Now there's five of us. Um, and I was thinking, I got to pay for college. Yeah, and <laughs> I mean, like, I'm always thinking we're the in money. Ministry and yeah. we got to feed these children. Yeah. And they need some clothes. And, <laughs> and I'm in ministry. Happen? And yeah. Yeah, it, yeah. Anyway, so yeah, that was one big variable. But I think just. Um, and it was tough for us because we were in a whole other state without any real support. Yeah. No, mm-hmm. really. Like, yeah, no family no or family. people around. Mm-hmm. I would say one of the biggest uh, di- challenges, differences mm-hmm. that I could have never anticipated before I having kids is like the toll physically. Mm-hmm. Like when you have young kids, and I was a young mom. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I had a lot of energy. How old were you was- when you had Blakely? Chris always likes to bring this up. No, I really just uh, just answer it. I'll agree. Just because he's on the podcast doesn't mean you have to can answer. Can I ignore that? Yeah. Yes, you can. No, you have to answer, right? <laughs> no. Inquiry no. minds want to know. How old were you, honey? Y'all, I filled out the teen mom paperwork in Des Moines, Iowa when I had Blakely, mind you. I was married and I was 19 when she was born. So I um I was <laughs> we a teenager. brought Blakely home on on our one year anniversary. We sure did. Yes. So all that to say, I was young, um, but I, I never, never could have imagined mm-hmm. like how tired you would be, how sleepless, right. how long that could go on because yeah. she didn't sleep for like two years. Well, yeah. Um, yeah, that I couldn't. That was like, oh, reality is this baby's going to sleep in her crib all night yeah. and then we're just going to get up and get out and run around at the park and have all these dreamy whatever you picture. And it didn't really look like that for That's crazy. Ever. Anyway, I love it. Not so exciting, but yeah. just the real the real life of the struggle is real. For sure, the tired is real, and that's that's one of my favorite stories to tell folks. When Jen and I talk, my wife Jennifer and I, we've married a whole lot of years, and I'll do the math real quick here in my head. Um, Eighteen years. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> edit that part out. Um, we became parents in two thousand seven. Our son Luke uh, was born right over here in Grapevine, Texas, and I remember. It's, it was the same year the iPhone came out. So Ooh. let's just kind of, we're kind of early. Like mm-hmm. we're, it wasn't, we didn't have gender reveals. We didn't post yeah. stuff on Instagram. None of that stuff was back then. I didn't like do the whole, like uh, just all the stuff. So we read books. We went to classes. Mm-hmm. We um, actually. Did entered. you guys go to the Lamaze class? Oh, 
breathing through it. Jennifer allowed me that. to go with her to the Lamaze class, and then we got to the day where they show the video, and uh, I was asked to step out of the room because <laughs> my immaturity showed a little bit. Uh-huh. Um, just a smidge. <laughs> um, but but here's the deal. Like, you talk about you didn't have any, any Chris didn't have any clue about kids or anything. I, was, yeah. I had nothing. I knew nothing. Everything I knew about childbirth, I saw on, like, sitcoms or, mm-hmm. like, on Friends or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, and so we go through this whole experience, and it's, I was, like, I was ter- terrible supportive husband. Like, here's my wife trying to work and be pregnant in the Texas heat, and I'm, like, looking at, how old can he be before he gets a Lego? Like, you know, all that kind of stuff. And so uh, the day came where it was time for Luke to arrive. He was about a week and a half overdue. So we'd been living in Woo! about eight days of just this perpetual, like any minute now, any minute. Um, and I remember we pulled into the parking lot. It was a Friday night and I looked at Jen and I said, well, we're going in. Party of two, coming out of party of three. I don't know. And I'd, I don't know what, but Jen just broke. Like she just started <laughs> sobbing. She was like, I was like, what? Why are you crying? She's like, I don't know. So we so literally, I thought to have a baby, it took like weeks. I thought we would be there for days and days at the hospital. So we get Jen checked in. They're putting her in, in the bed and getting her dressed and tubes and all that stuff. And I set up a Monopoly board. Oh, awesome. <laughs> a full-on, do you want to be the dog or the house? Monopoly board. Stop it. In the waiting room. No, in the, in the actual hospital wife. room. Like okay. she is in, like the nurses She's are going through around. labor and you like, play Monopoly. We were getting ready to induce labor and I was like, so dog, right? You're going to be the dog and I'll be the thimble. Like, is that how we're going to do it? And she is looking at me like- and She's then, about to throw the thimble. Right. And so what I did not know was I had thoroughly annoyed the night nurse. Like okay. she was out on me. And so sure <laughs> enough, I don't even get the board set up. They give her one drop of Pitocin. Here we go. Full on baby time. So I remember the night nurse pulled me out in the hallway and she said, You need to put the scrubs on. Da 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 da. And I said, Well, what are we doing? And she grabbed me by my shirt and she said, That lady in there is having a baby. And I don't know how you two got together, but she is not walking out of here with two babies. You got to man up. I mean, I was stunned. So literally, oh yeah, she was not having me at all. Oh my goodness. And so we have. The kid, we have Luke. We're there for an extended amount of time for some other stuff. But I, like I was telling you the other day, like I had never seen a fresh, yeah, brand new baby. Like nobody, like <laughs> there should be a whole separate class for men on when you see a fresh baby. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Here's some things not to say. You don't ask what's wrong with it. You don't ask why is it this color. Like you just smile and nod. Yeah. So, and you say he's beautiful. Right, he's beautiful. He's, he's gorgeous. This is great. I'm like yes. what is this Smurf looking thing that you have handed me? Um. And I remember leaving. I don't remember much of the hospital stay, but I remember leaving. And we got a much kinder nurse when the day shift rolled around. And she was much more patient with me. But I remember loading Jen and Luke into the car to leave. And I opened the back seat door for the nurse to get in. And she looked at me and she goes, what are you doing? I was like, well, you're going to, you're going with us, right? She was like, no, dummy. Mm -hmm. Like, and I was like, and that's when it all hit. I was like, I got to raise this kid. Yeah. Like they're sent, they're sending me. There's no instruction. Monopoly book. guy. They're sending a Monopoly guy home with a kid. <laughs> and I remember we pulled out a 114 and I had like the flashers on going like 10 miles an hour because I was terrified. And Jen just wanted to be home so she could be comfortable. And she was yeah. like, sweet baby Jesus, Matt, push the gas pedal. <laughs> We've got to get home. <laughs> and so really, 
you know, those first few weeks were just a blur. And I remember uh, Jen's parents, we were, you know, just like you guys, we didn't have a ton of family around. Her parents were five hours away. They came and stayed with us for a few days. And as they were leaving on that last day, her dad said, well, let me take y'all's first family photo. And I remember like, I distinctly remember him taking this picture. And I was like, man, this is easy. Like we're dressed, we're fed. <laughs> the baby's not crying. We look good. Like what is everybody complaining about? Yeah. A few days later, because again, this is pre-iPhone. I did not get a text. Um, I got the picture in the mail, and we looked like we were strung out on crack. <laughs> like greasy hair. My shirt was on backwards. Jen, you know, she had just had a baby, and we looked terrible. Oh, and so really, at that point, like, I saw that picture, and I remember thinking, like, how am I going to do this? Like, I don't know what I'm doing. Um, I'd grown up in church, had a lot of great Christian mentors and counselors, and so I started interviewing other Christian mm -hmm. dads and leaders mm -hmm. and like, help me, help me. Like, what do I do? And there just wasn't a ton. There wasn't a ton of here's things you should do and here's things that you can start now with your family. But I remember, especially with, with Landry, when she came a few years later, you know, Luke came out all big and like he was our big stocky boy and Landry came out just this tiny And how old is Landry thing. right now? Landry is about to turn 10. Okay. So she came out this little, like she looked like a little bean. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I call her. Her middle name is Joe, Landry Joe. So I called her Jojo Bean. And so that was my little pet name for her. And one day I was praying over her because I learned you should pray for your kids. <laughs> and God brought up Isaiah 61 in my mind that somebody had spoken over me years ago talking about raising up an oak of righteousness, mm -hmm. which is what Christ has come to do for us, right? Mm -hmm. To raise us up mm -hmm. as an oak of righteousness for his glory. And I remember, like, I'm not going to cry on the podcast on my, first, on my second time here, but mm -hmm. I remember, like, just the weight of that moment of, like, how am I going to do this? What does this look like? And so I did a ton of research and took classes and started really pushing, like, what does it look like for the church to partner with families? And so really, man, there were, there were five things that over the, over the court, four things here, if I look at my list correctly, I think there might be five. If, if I get to the bottom of the list, I don't have five. I'll, I'll give you a bonus. Okay. Um, bonus fry. <laughs> bonus fry. There you go. <laughs> Here's some things that we, we did very early on that I think were super, super helpful, okay. but are also grounded to in scripture as well. So um, the first thing that we did was we, um, let, me, let me say this too, as we, get, as we get going here, you have to know the rhythm of your family. Like you've got to know what works best for you. Mm -hmm. Everybody's work schedules mm -hmm. are different. People yep. are working from home. People work nights. People work weekends. Like you've got to yeah. find what the rhythm for your family is. I don't That's really think good. there's a one size fits, one all. Size fits yep. all. This is what works for us. And so I'm going to say all that because the things I'm going to say, these work for us. These may not work as well for you. You may have to tweak them or look for some other things. Um, but really, one, one of the smartest things I ever heard is I took a uh, how to counsel families course class. And one of the therapists got up and talked about all the science behind a kid's brain, just like we talked about last mm -hmm. week. Um, and that, especially in elementary school, mm -hmm. their brains are just going, 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 just taking in information. They're learning their colors, their shapes, their numbers, their math. Mm -hmm. And then this is how I grew up. My mom would greet us as we got home, and she'd want to know, how was your day? Mm -hmm. What'd you learn? Do you have any homework? Any missing assignments? Yes to all of those things. I have missing assignments and homework. Mm -hmm. But my brain has not caught up to be able to process all that information out. Mm -hmm. So there's always this tension point in our house in, the, in the, that afternoon drop-off yeah. time. It was like, mom's ready, that she's been ready all day to talk to us, and we're my brother and I are talked out. Um, so this therapist said, if you will create a regular rhythm at night, for our family, it's bedtime. It might be dinner time for your family, but like if you give your kid mm -hmm. a chance to kind of process through their day and just make a regular rhythm of being there at a specific time, whether it's dinner for us, it's bedtime. Um, 
that is when 99% of the time they'll start asking their questions mm-hmm. as they've processed their day. Hey, dad, here's this thing that happened today. Mm-hmm. Hey, what do you think about? Help me with those. Those are where all of the most life-giving conversations I've had with my kiddos has mm-hmm. been at bedtime when they're yeah. ready to talk, but I'm exhausted. Yeah. You know, and so being being able to to lean into those moments. So I you think, haven't even given us one of the five yet. No. You're about to. Yeah. So I, I think that would be the first thing. Like, I don't care how old your kid is. You, yeah. you talk a minute at night. Yeah. yeah. I know your 14-year-old just screamed at you and told you they hate you and you've ruined their life. Yep. They still want you. Yep. You know, we all said that to our parents. Yeah. You probably didn't say that to your mom. I never said that. No. <laughs> I, think it, I think I had it tattooed on my forehead at one point from 14 <laughs> to 16. Um, but no, t- touch your kids in every night. Yep. Create that regular rhythm. Here is, and Pastor Chris, you talked a little bit about this last week as well. Um, the, I, I would call it naming those, those godly, those Christ-like attributes you see in your kids, mm-hmm. naming them to their face out loud as often as you can. That's great. There are yep. tons of negative messages that kids encounter every day, whether intentional or not. Yep. My kids need to hear, hey, buddy, you're a rock star. Yep. God has gifted you. God has created you. Yep. God has done great things in you because of the future he has for you. Yep. Landry, I know, I know this hurts and this stinks right now and you don't feel it. This, this friendship, relationship deal, drama we got going on, you know, fourth grade girls, it's a big deal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For dad to go, hey, I see that, it's a big deal. But let me tell you something, God has gifted you. God has called you to be a leader. Yep. God has, has done this in you and just over and so over important. and over and yep. over and over again. Um, one of the things that Jen did, I, Jen and I did, kind of somewhere in the midst of the preschool phase. And this, this would be, um, so the first one would be, you know, tuck your kids in at night. The second one would be, man, name those attributes, call those out daily and often. Um, the third thing I, w- I would always tell families to do is, man, if you think about, let's, let's say in theory, your kid is going to be an adult when they turn 18. Some kids cook a little longer, some kids cook a little shorter, but in theory, <laughs> when they turn 18, they're an adult, they're ready to launch into the world. What, is the two, three, maybe four things you'd want that kid to know. Mm-hmm. What what things do you want to instill in them? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, what things do you want them to be about or to to know about you, about your family, about about Christ? And then we spent 90% of our time as parents reinforcing those deals. Mm-hmm. I can't do it. Like, and I'm I'm a I'm a let's do them all. <laughs> let's do, let's mm-hmm. pick all the good things and force them all into our kids. And Jen's really, really wise, and she helped us narrow it down. Like, here's the kind of four-ish things that that we push yeah. into our kids. So you, you um, well, before I, yeah. I ask you a question here, what are those four things? So for us, oh, our four things is we want our kids to have a fully formed faith in Christ, not because mom and dad have one and told us we should, not yeah. because we were forced to go to church, but because they had individual experiences yes. where God met so them So they have personally. their own faith. They, they serve their, their mom and faith. dad's faith. Exactly. Yep. That's, a, that's a defining and so moment. Yep. We, we put time, effort, and resources into making sure mm-hmm. they had those opportunities. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, the other thing that we do at our house is, man, we ask our kids to love others boldly. Even when we don't like all the things the other person's doing, we're yeah. going to always choose love first. Um, the third thing, like so, that. and this is kind of a motto for us at our house, is, man, we do hard things. Mm-hmm. The Fergusons do hard things. Um, we don't feel like cleaning up our room. We don't feel like maybe practicing our spiritual disciplines. 
dad doesn't always feel like going to work out, but we do hard things yeah. because it's going to make us better in yep. the long run. Awesome. That's and then good. for us, the last, and this is the hardest, I think, for, the, for, for a lot of kids to get, is just be you. I don't, I don't care what the other kids are doing. Mm-hmm. I don't care what somebody else's parents are letting them do. You just be you. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially for Landry, because uh, I think it's I think it's tougher for girls sometimes yes. in the comparison game. Um, Definitely. I catch her at nine. Like, she'll, she'll be 10 here in a couple of weeks. I've caught her at nine trying to be 11, 12, 13. Mm-hmm. And so I'll just, when I see it happening, I'll just go up to her and go, hey, we're just going to be nine today. Today we're just nine. You <laughs> got your it. whole life to be 10, 11, 12, 13. Just be nine today. Yeah. Um, and that's gotten us out of some stickier scenarios. Mm-hmm. And so for us, mm-hmm. those are the four things where we try to focus in on investing in our Now kids. tell me, yesterday you and I were talking in yep. the office, and I thought it was so good. Um, you were talking about how this generation yeah. is different than the generation that we yeah. grew up in. Okay. You remember our conversation? I do. I do. So I'm 40 something, two, three, four, I don't know. Um, at some point, you just stop counting because it doesn't even matter anymore. There you but, go. <laughs> uh, I grew up in, we didn't have cell phones. Now, listen to this, everybody. This right. is really good. Listen. We we did not have cell phones. So when I told my friends at the end of the day, see you tomorrow, I literally meant see you tomorrow. That is the next time I will physically see you. Yeah. The advent of the cell phone in the last 10, 15 years, especially these smartphones, is that has gone away. Yeah. Kids are constantly connected and together. And that school pressure of yeah. trying to fit in and formulate and not having a place to retreat to yeah. has drastically changed sure how has. parents interact. Absolutely. And so when I grew up, if I wanted to know something, if I had a question or if um, I wanted to verify a story that I heard or a fact, I had to go to my mom and dad. I had nowhere else so to go. So if kids are like, hey, I got a question about I got sex a question. or yeah, I got a I question guess, about drugs or wh- whatever. I guess I'll go ask mom and dad. Yeah. And if I was too nervous or didn't want to or too embarrassed to ask mom and dad, I could go ask the kids in the back of the bus. And let me just tell you, the last place you want your children receiving information <laughs> is from Bubba and Tommy in the back of the bus. <laughs> okay. And those were the two kids on my bus, Bubba and Tommy, who knew everything. That's okay. Um, now, kids have access to all the information. Yeah. You can and I'm a proponent for filters and helping our kids be safe digitally, but the information is accessible regardless of whether we like it or not. Yeah. So our parents our role as parents has shifted from the giver of the information mm-hmm. to helping them navigate the information. Mm-hmm. So here's what you've seen, heard or experienced. Let me help you process that. Yes. And so I want to make sure I'm building environments and places where my kids feel like they can come home and go hey, this thing happened today. Or I heard somebody say this. Mm-hmm. Um, huge parenting failed like just two weeks ago, like literally my first week here. Mm-hmm. Um, so we like slapstick comedy at our house, like people falling down in videos, getting hit in the faces yeah. with pies. Fail army, come on. Fail army is like bedtime stories <laughs> at our house. So as <laughs> a dad, I made the decision that the kids could watch a particular movie that was very, very funny that came out in the 90s, Dumb and Dumber. Um, and it was rated PG-13 and I knew it. And Jen even just like, are you sure the kids? I was like, ah, oh, it's fine. It's dumb and dumber. It's funny. And we got 23 minutes into it. Oh, no. And they used a word that my kids had never heard. <laughs> and returned to me. And she instantly went, well, what's that mean? And in that moment, I mean, just the sweat and the bullets of like, oh, what no. am I going to do? But oh, no. because I don't want her to go ask anybody else what that means. Yeah. Well, here's what it means. And now we're turning this movie off. And dad's going to go hear it from mom about how, we, how we've messed up here. <laughs> but... I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not yep. going to sugarcoat it. Um, 
And that applies across all aspects of childhood. If they ask a direct question, we're yeah. gonna we're gonna answer them truthfully and honestly. Yeah. Um, I do not want them to go anywhere else to get that so stuff. Important. And not because I think we've got to, you know, dig a hole and bury our kids into it. No. But yeah. there is so much information out there. Um, there's so many there's ways so that misinformation. kids misinformation. Yeah. And there's so many ways. Yep. I mean, think about it when we were on the playground, like, you know, the urban legends that we heard, you know, if you mm-hmm. drink Pepsi and eat Pop Rocks, your stomach's going to explode. Like, yep. now we would just go on to Snopes and verify that that's false and move on. But, you know, back in the day, don't mix those two because, you know, <laughs> there was a kid at the other school, you know, that kind of stuff. One of so, the things that Tatum and I did uh, yeah. with, with our kids when it comes to these things here is we wanted to take advantage of the season of their life that they really looked to us for yeah. answering or clarifying those questions. Because yeah. they, they trusted us over trusting their friends. There's, There's only come a period a of time where that window- It's a short <laughs> span of time. <laughs> that window is open, yeah. So Absolutely. just like you're saying, so it was mm-hmm. during take that time, we actually it. went younger than what all they, they tell you to do when you, when you have like the sex talk mm-hmm. or you just start I- explaining <laughs> yeah. all that stuff with the kids. Mm-hmm. We wanted to do it at an age where they would mm-hmm. trust us Yep. Over and where what someone else friends. isn't saying it to them first or mi- right. misinforming them, then there comes a time, mm-hmm. not that it's ever, I don't know, not a bit awkward mm-hmm. to have conversations with your kids about whatever words sure. mean or what is sex All or how does this happen. Yeah. But yeah. And here's there's a don't. more awkward time if you wait until, mm-hmm. oh, you're 13 now. Yep. You know what? They've already heard obviously <laughs> a yeah. whole lot more information. Listen, than, your teenagers yeah. have seen and heard mm-hmm. Way more than you think yeah. earlier than, than you, you think. No, not just one hundred percent. Yeah, way so more. go ahead yeah. and begin earlier. You be the one to answer mm-hmm. those questions. So anyway, Landry's going to be ten. We've probably had the sex talk two or three times. Yeah, and that's something you know, female to female that mom leads, and I, I lead Luke through that stuff. But yeah, what what are we waiting for? Happening. Right, like, you we, have to do that. Are, yeah, um, Landry and I like to read books together. We read a kids' book, and there was a subplot of a little storyline that was a little icky and I was trying to glaze over it and she was like no wait back that like what's happening there yeah okay well let's have this really awkward talk here <laughs> but I would much rather be embarrassed for five minutes yeah than have to go correct somebody else's whatever they said they it was that's yeah. really good you know yep um we got to be intentional we got we got to see the 100%. end hundred percent in mind yep and if we keep sugarcoating it and not dealing with the yeah. issues because they're getting it's lamb-blasted. our job, right? Yeah. As parents, we should be the ones to bring and them the truth, to bring Matt them the answers. That's a great thing that we've got to be almost. Um, uh, they're going to be getting a bunch of information. Mm-hmm. We got to now be a protector of it mm-hmm. and help them to understand what mm-hmm. it is that they're what they're receiving. I think a lot of times parents miss the mark when they think I'm going to put on a filter. I'm going to put on. We don't watch cable television. We only watch certain channels, or we don't listen to that kind of music. And which now is, we're safe. And now we're safe. And yeah. that's just not true anymore. Your your my job as a parent is not is not to raise up a kid that lives in a hole. My my job as a parent is to raise an oak of righteousness that I'm going to launch out into the world yeah. to be a champion and a world changer. Yeah. And so they've got to they've got to know what's out there in age appropriate ways. Sure. So it's good stuff. Wow. Okay. So first thing was tuck your kid in every night. I mean, spend time answering the question, what do I want my kids to know before they leave? When hey, they leave let me home, just back graduate. up and just yeah. say this. Um, when we did student ministry for years, yeah. when, you know, when, when Matt's saying, hey, tuck your kids mm-hmm. in at night, for us, the time where all the kids would talk, remember that? Mm-hmm. 
was in the dorms, lights are off. Oh, yeah, you're talking about like that's youth camp all or whatever. The questions. Yeah. I mean, they're goofy throughout the day. Yep. yep. And here's what you're going to need to do, yeah. parents. You need to keep your head on swivel to what God's doing in your kids because it's a lot of time. There was times when we were putting Blakely mm-hmm. and Nash to bed when they mm-hmm. were younger that we were about to close the door and we're like, all right, we just got you and me time. Yep. Oh, it's been a busy week or a busy day. And right as we're about to close the door, hey, Dad, I got a question. And you just want to think, okay, kid, just Nash, just it's bedtime. <laughs> but there's a lot of times you got to sacrifice and just say, all right, what, what what's your question? And sometimes it's goofy, but sometimes yeah. it's a real heartfelt mm-hmm. question. And we've we, we, when they when they you can't force your kids to open up their hearts, mm-hmm. but when their hearts do open up, yeah, you when need to take we advantage have to be ready. of it. Yeah. And a lot of times it's when, again, like you were given the yep. science behind it. It's at yep. night when things are settling down, the lights are off. That's when the questions start. That's when their heart opens up. And take those things to God. But help help point their direction to God. And so maybe for you it's tucking the kids in mm-hmm. at night. Maybe it's while you maybe for you it's while you're driving your kids to school. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe it's uh, maybe it's around the dinner table. Maybe mm-hmm. it's for you yeah. while you take a walk Can somewhere. Be totally different. Just like yeah. Matt was saying, you gotta you gotta fit this form this mm-hmm. to what your life mm-hmm. is looking like. Mm-hmm. And so I think that that that's a really important thing. All right. So so in other words, tuck your kid into bed yep. every night or be intentional. Be yeah. intentional. Be intentional to find a moment. So mm-hmm. find that moment. Be intentional, whether it's bedtime, uh, dinner time. The second thing we talked about was spend time answering the questions. What do I want my kids to know or be about That's when they great, quote unquote yeah. leave home when they yeah. turn eighteen? Third thing was verbally out loud name the thing the Christ like qualities you see in them mm-hmm. and be super specific. I loved how you showed bravery when you tackled your math test. When you, I loved. Uh, Blakely, I loved how you show the love of Christ to the new kid at school today. Mm-hmm. Like name those things because that's I, really, really good. I almost guarantee you they don't they would not equate, hey, I did a nice thing. They yeah. would not equate it with an no, attribute of character by of God. That. They're like, yeah, what? with a Christ-like thing. They're just thinking, oh, I did what my parents have taught me, but when right. you call it out of them, right. then they recognize. And what you celebrate, yep. people, gets repeated. That's yep. great. 100%. And then the next one, I think you're going to love this one, Tatum. So you, as mom and dad, as the parent, as the family unit, you're going to want to find a community to be a part of. Mm-hmm. Like-minded adults, kids the same age. Absolutely. Because here's what's going to happen your voice will eventually turn into Charlie Brown's teacher. Wah, 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 wah. <laughs> they'll, they'll turn 12. That's when you see the eye roll mm-hmm. that you don't know. You've never been a teenager before. Mm-hmm. Um, that's when you're going to want other folks to be able to continue to speak truth in life. And let me give you a scenario. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a fairly significant issue in our house about a year ago. Um, an emotional issue popped up in one of our kiddos. And it went on for six months mm. before Jen or I caught it. Mm. And we only caught it because someone who loves our kid is in community with us said, hey, I've noticed X, Y, Z. Yeah. And it started a conversation. Yeah. And then one night at bed night, bedtime, I asked the kid, I said, hey, tell me about this, this, and this. Yeah. And it was like the floods opened up like I'm didn't want to tell you I've been struggling like and we had to go yeah. get outside help let's get this cleared up yeah um and I kicked myself for several months after that because I was like I have walked parents through this exact scenario hundreds of times but I missed it because sometimes my kid just doesn't want to hear me well yeah because it's dad he has to say that it's mom she of mm-hmm. course mom wants me to do my homework 
Yep. They need other adults who love them and 100%. care for them. They need like our small group leaders, godly love kids, adults, yeah. godly, godly adults who are going to continue friends. to have your back as a parent and continue to push your kids forward. So you're going to want to be in community with other like-minded folks. That is so good. That's yep. why we need the church. That's why we need life groups. Absolutely. We need community. We do. It takes a village, right? Everybody, I mean, 100%. takes a village yeah, to raise we, Let's great watch, kids. O- watch over each other's kids. Look after them. Have each pray other's over back, them and, yeah. A couple of years great. ago, Landry was becoming very inquisitive about her faith. And what does it mean to be a follower of Jesus? And here's kid pastor dad at home. <laughs> I got this, guys. Trained professional. Here we go. And at night, we'd go through, we went through the Bible. We went through the Old Testament, New Testament. We went through Romans Road. We did the Billy Graham thing. Like, mm-hmm. I put on my Southern Baptist deacon jacket, my mm-hmm. little name tag. I was like, let's do this. <laughs> if sound of my voice, meet me at the altar. Like, mm-hmm. let's do it. And she just would not cross the line. She just, we get right up to the moment every time. And she'd go, okay, cool. Thanks for telling me. And off to bed. And I would be just desperate begging God, like, what, what am I doing wrong here? Yeah. Later that week, she got invited to a local summer camp. She went and heard some 22-year-old girl <laughs> say everything that dad has already said a hundred times. Yeah. And she was like, yes, Jesus, I'm in. Let's do mm-hmm. it. And she mm-hmm. came home to tell me. And I was like, mm-hmm. for real? Like, I have been walking you through that. And Jen had to like talk me off the ledge because yeah. I was like, there's no like- way somebody else got that moment. And I didn't. <laughs> but kids do. I mean, I, I to this day, look at my mom and dad sometimes and go, yeah, you have to say that because you're mom and dad. But I need Chris and Tatum's. I need other folks going, yep, yep, Landry, you're right. Yep, Luke, you're right. Like, yep. here's the things we see. We so, I mean, f- find find those people. Find those people. That is so great. And then um, the last one, number five. So find a community for with like-minded folks, number four. Number five. Okay, this is going to be the hard one. Okay. Whatever your kid is into, you be into it too. So if they're into baseball, guess what? You're into baseball. If they're into gymnastics, guess what? You're in gymnastics. If they like Legos, you better know all about Legos. Yeah. Um, right now, Landry is super into slime, which awesome. mm, not my <laughs> favorite. Awesome. Not my favorite. But guess what? We can talk about it's different activators and we can do all the things because we have something we do together. Yeah. And so it's not some trite activity that dad picked like this will be cool we'll go fishing or whatever the thing is like it's something they're interested in so i want to be in their world and i want to know the ins the outs what makes this fun um we we you know we play the same games on our phones because i want to know what she's playing like let's let's do the thing and so um and this really was reinforced yesterday when uh one of our pastors here stefan who Mm -hmm. he and i were talking in the hallway and he talked about all the different activities that he does not like, but he does with his kids oh, and individually. Like, yeah. here's the thing I do with great my son. He's a great here's dad. Great dad. Like, mm-hmm. he goes, I, I don't want any of this. Like, I don't know what we're doing, but they're into it. So I want to be into yeah. it. And so building that relationship with your kid and treating them like an actual human and not just a kid. Like, yeah. you've got value, you've got worth, and I want to be a part of that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's really good. Yeah. yeah, there's not much I can add to it. And I think that was awesome, all of it. Awesome. Hey, everybody, I hope today was an encouragement to you as parents. Absolutely. And uh, you just need to know that uh, Pastor Matt and the entire team here mm-hmm. at Life Fellowship Kids uh, are working to create environments where your kids are going to get closer to Jesus. And as well, 
to help you as parents to be able to navigate through sometimes some difficult mm. and choppy yeah. waters. And uh, Pastor Matt, you came on just yeah. what? How many how many weeks you been on now? Three weeks. Uh, three weeks. Something three like weeks. That? Yeah. And I mean, helping to create yeah. and design now this brand new facility mm. that is uh, being constructed uh, even now as we speak. And so, I'm just telling you, we have a bright future together in reaching our children and our parents. And I'm so glad uh, for you, Pastor Matt, and for your wife. If, uh, if you can, why don't you find them out on social media? Just look up Matt Ferguson. Um, you'll find them right away. Right away. Yep. Matt Fergo 3, Facebook and Instagram. There you go. There you go. And his wife, Jennifer, she's a second grade teacher. She's a second grade teacher out in Keller. Will be a second grade teacher, hopefully, out here in the side so of town. So if anybody knows of an opening for a <laughs> right. second grade teacher here in the area. <laughs> Jennifer's yeah. coming this way She's next coming year. coming way. Sure. We want an awesome school for her to get connected into. Yeah. Well, hey, everybody. Why don't you share this out on social media? Share it with your other friends. We're so honored, again, to have been able to speak into your life today. So from Tatum and Matt and myself, God bless you, everybody. Thanks for listening, guys. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye.